Okay, everybody, tonight's year, Perak Sheni of Nesive Das from the Nesive Shalom is Lezecher Nishmas Yosef Ben Tzadok Menachem Olav Shalom is Neshama Haben Aliyah and Lezecher Nishmas, my parents, Yechil Ben Zion Ben Dave and Mindel Bas Rabbi Yisrael. We're going today in the second paragraph out of six, second chapter out of six chapters of Nesive Das, Paths of Wisdom. Ba'archa in Hashem's light, nearer or you could see light. Isa Bachazal. Shabikish Maisha Rabbeinu Kaidan Pitirasai in Lafnea Kaddish Baruchu. Maisha Rabbeinu, before he died, he said, Could you do me a favor? What do they say? Could you do me a salad? Maisha Rabbeinu said, Hashem, I just have one favor before I go. What do you think it is? He says, Rabbanishlam, Davarachad Anim of Akish Mimcha. One thing. That all of the doorways, all the passages, all of the gates of heaven and earth should split open, and the Yiru and everyone should see that there's nothing but you. Now think about this for a moment, because imagine how hard it is, how frustrating it is. Let's say. For parents, right? Let's say for parents. The parents know what's good, right? And, and you're like, oh, Hashem, I have this teenager. Please let his mind open up for one second, right? Just to see clearly what the right derech is. Or, or you, you're talking to somebody about anything, and there's full of confusion. Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shemayim. From his viewpoint, there were no questions, from his viewpoint, he saw a world, he saw, like we're going to see, all the good stuff. And he looked, he has to come back down here. He's an angel, who has to come back down here. And, and nabuch on us, how we are forced, and this was Hashem's plan, this is his idea, to be invisible and to make us find him, look for a spark, get confused, sin against him, sin against ourselves, deal with all kinds of stuff. And he's like, Hashem, please just 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 give them one chance, right? Just split everything, open everything, just turn on the lights, just just one time, you know. Just turn on the lights and let everybody just see it, and then they'll, they'll have clarity. And this is the opening for us to understand. al hadas When the light, right? When we have the oyer hadas amiti shines on us. Whatever that is, for each person it's different. Some people it's Uman, some people it's learning Bi'ilun, Gishmak and Bismedr, some people it's the Hashem Kim at the end of Ni'ilah. Every person should have at least one highlight in their life, right? Where they see clarity. And the light of Emestika Yiddishkeit is shining on them. Niftachim Einov Bibchinas when the lights are on in our mind, we we end up in that situation, like we said last time, Ato Hiresa Ladas, we were given, we were we were shown, but Hiresa is like you were but it's also Ha'aras Hadas. We were enlightened, our minds were enlightened. And what happens when our minds are enlightened? If we're Zaycha to a minute, a minute of Yeshav Hadas, a minute of Bihira Sadas, calm, serenity, clarity, we see. 
God is the one who created everything, and there's nothing besides him. Nothing besides him is something which we need to work on. Like I said last time, don't get scared. He's teaching us what we need to do to work for the rest of our lives. This is not a little sheer, and you're going to be, next week you're going to be like, I, I got it. This is what it is to have Nesive Das paths of wisdom to become a black belt. And just a little bit, a little bit every single day to work on ourselves forever. Now really, it's true. And really we know it's true. Because there cannot be anything else. Because then the whole system doesn't make sense. But we behave in a way that shows that we don't really tap into that knowledge as we're going to learn. And we, we, so many things are going to open up now as we understand this. So let's go back again. Moshe Rabbeinu was like, please just open the lights. People are tripping. You know, the room is dark. There's chairs all over the room. There are people's legs and people are stumbling. They're tripping. Just oh, please Hashem, open the lights. And then there's no questions. You know exactly where to go. You'll never stumble. Because when the lights are open in our mind, it's clear. Hashem Aleichem. And and that person whose mind is, is, is lit up, he sees the honor, the glory of Hashem, and that fills all the worlds, inside of all the worlds, and it surrounds all the worlds. And there's nothing besides him. That's what happens when someone's in the zone. And when it comes to looking at the whole creation, and we see a lot of pain and sickness, and he, what does he see? He sees kihu yisparach hadur noa ziv ha'olam. The Eibushte is is majestic, hadur majestic noa ziv ha'olam. He is the beautiful, and he is the radiance of the world. And what happens at that moment when you realize this? If we would only be zayich for that one minute, we get an injection, our mind boom which is what Sadiqim have all the time, or most of the time. What's amazing is, we're going to realize his greatness. He's everywhere. He's everything. It's all him. It's all light. It's all good. It's all real. It's all right. Automatically, our soul is going to be lovesick with love for, for this God who created everything. We'll see everything is good. We'll see all his goodness. We'll see all his glory. We're just going to want the real thing. We're not going to. We're not going to be interested in all the things you know that seem important to us when we're not in that mode. Common sense. Oi, oz, you at like kol inyan of Automatically, all the inyan of all the things that we're busy with, al all of our desires. All of our lusts are all going to become ayin va'efes hakolavel, completely worthless. So we're used to fighting the Eitzahara not to sin. We're used to trying to fight the Eitzahara to do mitzvahs, and he's saying that it's a whole different way to become elevated. Turn on the lights, because when the lights are on, that same person. And we see this, we see this, we see people who were brought up not from or brought up very modern, very materialistic, where 
If you ask them at, at 14, 15, 16, what is the most important thing? And they'll say the label on their clothing and the car that they're going to drive and the, the materialism. That, would, that is their focus. And, and I'm talking even if they were from, they dive in, they did, they did everything. What's important to their, their, their being, looking good physically, the whole thing. You see some of them, what are they called? Flip outs. They go to Eretz Yisrael, and, and, and they, they what, what happened? It was a sheer? It was intellect? No. They see something real. They see, they see a wall that's standing that represents a base of Mikdash. They see, they see Hashem as not just, I'm a guy, right? Living in a nice neighborhood with a nice car and nice clothing, but I'm a Jew, so I also go to Yom Kippur and I also do these things. I'm a guy who does mitzvahs. It's, it's totally different. They realize, who cares what my, it priorities. It's like a seesaw. The more that we see God and feel Hashem, light of God in our lives, automatically the materialism, the need for it, how much it, how much it, it, it really means to us, and our desires and our lusts, which are real, and people can be really deeply involved in that, it dissolves by the light being turned on. Seesaw. So interesting, and it affects us very deeply in many ways. Think about it in your own life. Gashmias is the opposite of Ruchnias. So the more Ruchniistic, the more spiritual we are, the less important the Gashmias is. I'm still going to have to go buy a shirt. I'm still going to have to have a car. But it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to become with less value when I'm more spiritual. If I'm into Ruchnius, and I'm into understanding this light, that there's a God and He created everything, and we're only here temporarily, and we have missions in life to do, and we want to score on this test of life as much as we can, we want to do as many mitzvahs as we can, right? And we, but we're turned on to this light. <clears throat> it's a light. It's not just the actions. It's the actions that bring the light, as we're going to learn. Right? Then automatically, how could I be so, so into and caring about the, the temporary? I just thought of a vart. I wasn't planning on saying this. My own vart. I don't know if it's true. If you had to describe the afterworld, Olam Haba, where we're just a nefesh, a neshama, we're near Hashem. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, right? And then we had to describe living on earth. Of all the different ways of describing it, Olam HaEmes, Olam HaSheker, Olam HaInfinite, Olam HaTemporary, Olam HaRuchini, Olam HaGashmi, we really generally refer to it as Olam Haba and Olam Hazeh, the world to come and the world of now. And I think it's like the worst possible description of describing these two things. It's true that one of them is to come, because we're not there yet, and the other one is now, is is present. But is, is that the way you would describe these two objects? You know, it's like this foreign objects. One happens to be, we're going to get after we pass away. Is that the way to define the whole Elam Haba, that whole world of the afterlife, the infinite, the being close to Hashem, being being next to the Ziv Whatever's going on up there, angels, right? Nothing to do with what we're doing, being stuck in traffic and all the stuff that that this world is. 
and all the pain and all the suffering. Over there, there's no pain, there's no suffering. How about the world of, he- of healing and health and, and the world of bleh, the world of depression and misery and the world of death and dysfunction? I mean, I, it's just, I would never take these two objects and define it as this is here, this is now, and this is later. So I was thinking that there's two ways of living your life. There's living your life for the now, the pleasure, the enjoyment of now, as if as if life is now. And there's living a life for the future. Ayla Mabba is somebody who's living for, for a different place. You see a guy and, and he's mopping the floor and you say, why are you mopping the floor? He goes like, at the end of the week, I got a paycheck. He's not doing it for mopping the floor. He wants his paycheck, which is even though it's in the future, he's, he's living for the future. I want to save up for retirement. I want to be able to, to make a wedding for my kids. I have a goal. I have a future that I'm working for. Two people could be doing the same thing, but one is doing it for the now, and one is living in the now, and one is doing it for the future. It's a different way of describing this world. There's, there's living for the now, so then I might as well get the best steak and, and have the best clothing, because I don't know what tomorrow's going to be. And this is the most important, how I feel physically and emotionally, and enjoyment, and pleasure. And even if it's not an Avera, but at least in, in Heter, why not? Who says? And there's a focus of living for an eternity. Realizing that, like just like somebody works for a week and gets a paycheck, we work for a speck of time. A speck of time. One day of Hashem is a thousand of our years. So if we live a hundred years... Right? That's one-tenth of a day, of Hashem's day. And, and that's just in the years, and, and this is infinite. This, we can't even understand any of this. So we're here for a speck of time. And, and, and the janitor is, is busy. You know, this mopping, is, this is important. No, it's, that's, that's kind of how we downgrade, or the Yitzhahara downgrades our beautiful lives to living for the now. So he says, when you get that light turned on in your head, Automatically, Olam Hazeh becomes less and less important. Automatically, our, our materialistic desires, our needs, our physical needs, our lusts, our, our everything, is just less important because there's something so much more important that, that is now in our brain. Because a person cannot be immersed only when the, the, the light, the power lights of our soul are darkened. Isn't that interesting? So when we see somebody or ourselves and, and, and we're struggling with an Avera, it's because somebody dimmed the lights. And that's the only reason that we can be immersed in temporary fulfill, fulfilling our materialistic needs, lust, desires, all of it. Any, any, any gashmias. I mean, look what Sadiqim ate for lunch. You know, Steinman, what they say, I don't remember the exact recipe, but it was like a slice of cucumber. And it was just like, it's not their thing. We're not even talking about mitzvahs and averis. We're talking about, and also, that's a lot of light. When you have 100% light in your brain, you're going to have zero interest in what you're eating for lunch. And we on our level, a little bit of a tilt, 
is it really that important? Does it really matter? Like how in a week from now is it going to matter what I had today for lunch? So when you have eternal things to worry about and focus on, automatically the current stuff, it's like it's not important. And there's so many examples we can bring. We don't need to, right? But just like imagine a, a guy running for president. He's not eating. He's not sleeping. He's campaigning. Why not eat? Why not sleep? What's wrong with eating this delicious steak? What's wrong with leisure? It's like, I, I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm campaigning. I have a future. I have things to do. People, if we live like that, there's so much we need to do because we only, we're only here temporarily. We only have a short amount of time here, relatively speaking, right? And I'm busy. Come, let's go out for, we'll spend $200 on a meal. We're not talking about the Averis. It's all different mitzvah. It could be the biggest mitzvah. I don't have to, I don't, it's not important. We're not on that level. Again, he's talk, teaching us how to train to become black belts in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now. And he's telling us facts. Don't get turned off by the facts. This is a fact. And in our life also, if it's 10% light and we move it to 20% light, we're in a different world. Watch what happens. Like the famous word from the Mar and Baal Beis Avram, famous, everybody says famous if they know it. Until I knew it, it wasn't famous. Now that I know it, it's famous. So you're going to learn it, and it's going to be famous. We say in Akdomas, When the light shines for me, when the light shines on me, the shame is uncovered and exposed. That's what we say in Akdomas on Shavuos. Listen how he teaches. When it's light for a Jew, where? Where? In our minds. All pleasures of the world become mius, become disgusted, become unimportant. Unimportant. And they become insignificant. So it's not like that the, the, these two people next to the other, it's not like this guy doesn't enjoy the $200 steak. It's just not, it's not important to him. Just like a guy who's trying to build up his business and all he cares about is Gashmias, his finances. I want to become the richest guy in the world. There are many other things that he could enjoy, but they're not important to him. He may, maybe he won't go on vacation. Maybe he won't go to ball games. Maybe he won't relax. He's always relax. No, I'm focused. I got to build my company. When you have a focus and a goal, then the other things that could be very important to somebody else, they're just, they lose significance. And for a moment like this, of enlightenment of the mind, where we realize our goal, and we realize the reality, which we all know is true. And for a moment like that, it says, Marimi Kubrin, the Heilige Kubrina says, Shekal Hain Ha'ilam, all of the value and wealth of the world, Enoi Shava Lishachas, She is Yehudi Oimid Biyishavadas. All the value and wealth in the world doesn't come close to the value of when a Jewish person is able to stand with Yishuv Hadas, clarity calm, serenity of spirit. And we see that this is true. We see it's true even in the example. We see people who are millionaires and billionaires and trillionaires who commit suicide. They don't have a moment of tranquility of spirit. They're on pills for anxiety. 
they're depressed, they have all they don't have Yishavadas. And we see for us that we're busy running, and even if it's doing good, we lose we lose clarity. We could even be running to go Davin and Davin, and all of that in today's world with all the pressure that we're under is done without Yishavadas. We can leave as if we went to a service like a, I don't know, changing your oil in your car. I did it. I said the words. I said the words. I bowed. I did. I thought. I could even think. How much of my brain is lit up? How much do I have tranquility of spirit? In our dar especially. We spoke about it last time in the first chapter. How everything in technology that we bought was sold to us in order to give us more time. To make our lives easier. So we have more serenity. And meanwhile, the world is spinning so fast that everybody in the world, rich and poor, everybody in the world, you know, we think, oh, if I have money for a vacation, no, go to the rich people who are going on vacation. No Yishuv Adas. Not enough time to be able to tap into really having light in our mind of what am I doing here? What's my job? What's my task and my focus, my goal, my purpose? Because one day I'm going to look back and I, I could only live this day once. And most of the day, I, I didn't know what I was doing. It's like literally like a drunk person or a person who doesn't have his faculties where he could spend most of our time unfocused on why we were put here, what we're meant to be doing. And yes, and that's the trick. You're going to say, well, I was busy working and this and this and that. You have to do all that, but you have to maintain the tranquility of spirit. And in fact, if you can do that, you can have Ha'ara Sadas even while you're working. It's so interesting. The same things that knock us out, if we get control over it, if we're in control over our spirit, our mindset, our thinking, then we can have that and do all of those things. Many tzaddikim also went to work. And not for a second or a moment did they lose their clarity on why they're really here. And that, and that's how they were able to surpass all the nasirness and all the tests because they were really there. They just have to go to work because Hashem, just like He made us have to eat, but it's not important, but I have to do it. So one person is eating, he forgets God. The other person is totally connected to God and he's eating. Two people doing the same fulfilling bodily functions, going to the bathroom. Well, everyone has to go. The biggest tzaddik in the world has to go to the bathroom. But is he, and he's not allowed to think about Hashem there, so he takes a break from that, and he's doing ruts in Hashem by doing, taking care of the bodily functions of a human being. And so we can look at the tzaddikim and say, I'll never be them, but we could be 1% more today, this week, 1% more next week, in, in the chashivus, the importance of all these things. Now, this is really a little bit of a sales pitch. He's going to bring us into a world where we're all going to think to ourselves, if we're healthy, wow, I would do anything to be in that world. I want to give you an example. To the guy, Take a guyish kid and let them watch, um, what was that called? Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Let them watch an hour of what it's like to be a celebrity. Their, their mouths will drop or let them go on one of these things where they let you um, follow a celebrity and see what their life is like. 
not their real life when they're depressed and overdosing and low self-esteem. And I'm talking about the fake life. Their mouths will drop, they'll be drooling, and they'll be like, I want that life. I'll do anything for that life. This is not an example at all because what we're talking about now is so real and so MS and so ruchnius. So it's a terrible, it's not a tzushtel. It's not, I'm not trying to compare. I'm just trying to say what he's going to tell us now is what it's like if you sign up now. And again, we're not going to be able to get the 100%. It's going to take time. We can build it. But we could, we could have at least a few minutes of, it, of each day when, when, it's, when, when the Yitzhahara is a little bit weak enough that we can put in light. Let's see what it's like for the tzaddikim. Let's see what it's like for the uplifted. When a Jew merits having enlightenment of the mind, that his mind is full of Eurelikus, is full of the light of God, the godly spirit. All of the Kaychas strengths of the evil side become hidden from him. They disappear. And all of the Eitzaharas that were once so important, they disappear. I have an example just occurred to me in, I believe, GPS. GPS, Navigation for Your Soul. Good book. Art school. Worth it. Somebody, he's looking a half a block away, and he sees somebody made a pile of one million shiny dollar bills. There's a million, huge mail. He sees the whole thing. And you take one of those, one of those shiny dollar bills, like the size of a quarter, a little bit bigger, and you start bringing it closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. Sorry, two of them closer and until you put it on your eyes. What do you see now? You just see two dollars. Those two dollars block you from seeing a million dollars. The kaychus of the sitra achra of the evil inclination and the darkness and the and, and the dark desires that we have, they cover up so much. When we are zaycha to a moment of clarity of ur lakus in our mind, it disappears. It, there's no room for it. It doesn't exist. Alderik shekasev, just like the pasuk says in Tehillim, tashes chayishech ve'yilayla. When darkness descends and it's night, that's when boy tirmois. That's when all of the animals come out of the forest. Boy tirmois kol chayseyar, but tizrech Hashem eshiyasefu. When the light of the sun comes up in the morning, all of those dangerous things they gather, get gathered away. All of the evil powers that ruin our lives and our afterlives are like the concept of wild beasts, wild animals who rip us apart, don't care about us at all. It's not even that the Yitzhahara says, forget Eilam Abba, live for Eilam Azeh. No. In order to ruin your Eilam Abba, he's willing to turn you into somebody who has no Eilam Hazeh. He'll make somebody an addict just so he can't do Tyre and Mitzvahs. He'll put somebody into filth to such a degree just because he doesn't want him on Eilam Abba. But, but now his life, he's suicidal. He has nothing to live for. He lost his wife, his kids. He lost his, his everything, his future, getting married. doesn't care. doesn't care any more about your Elam than he cares about your Elam He just wants to destroy you. It's not like, forget the next world. Enjoy this world. That's what it seems like. That's what his sales pitch is. But he doesn't care about this world. As long as you don't get the next world, that's his job. 
All of the kaychas of the Yitzhahara are called the wild beasts, the wild animals. Ein shlitasam They have no shlita. They have no control over us. Only when it's dark. Where? In our brains. If only if the sun comes up and we are enlightened. We merit a moment of truth and clarity. Enlightenment of our mind. Yeah, I also see, you know, the, the, the one who's in the Arasadas also sees that's a taiva and, and, and why somebody would do it, but it's just not important. So at night, when you're in the forest, right, and you have to be stuck in the forest, the snakes come out, you can't even, you, you don't get noticed, you don't see them, and that's when they come out, and the animals, and you have to be scared, and you can't walk, and you fall into ditches, everything bad happens at night. When the sun comes out, they, go, they, they, they leave you alone, and you can run away, you can throw a stone at an animal, you can, you can keep it, you, you have something, because you could see. So, so he's bringing out a question to us that we need to ask ourselves as from people. How much do we see? Not our physical vision, our spiritual vision of Eurylakus. How much can we see and how much are we blind? Kal Iker Iskabras Hara, Eitzelah Adam. All of the main Iskabras, um, the overpowering of bad by a person is only it's only when it's dark in our minds we're not connected and we have constricted our mind powers constricted small minded when we're walking in the darkness and it's not shining the light is not shining on us and then we are like commercial Marshall Lusuma, we're like a, like a blind person. Hachashuv Kames. The Gemara says a blind person is, is, is like a dead person. Why? Because we can't see anything. We can't see anything. We can't live a Tyra life. We're dead to, to connecting to Tyra, Tvila, all the good stuff. We don't feel it. We don't feel it. We're trapped. We're stuck. We're limited. Then we're stuck in the hand of the Yitzhahara like clay in the hands of the potter. The master potter takes some clay and wishes it around, does whatever he wants. The clay can't fight back. And we all have that. We have that feeling like, this Yitzhahara is so great, I can't fight back. And he's saying, you're right, in that darkness you can't fight back. Turn on the lights, which he's going to teach us how to do. This is this is what made me fall in love with this Nesiv Das, because we're in darkness and we're and we're, we're punching and and there's nobody there and we're getting kicked in the face and we don't know where it came from, right? We're, we're losing. It's impossible. It's, it's just impossible. Says the Nesiv Shalom, "You're right. Who asked you to live in darkness? There are ways that you can enlighten your brain." And automatically, you'll see the kick coming. Sometimes you'll get kicked. Sometimes you'll block. Sometimes you'll be able to push things away. You're in the game. But to get into a rink, 
Imagine that. Imagine getting into a boxing ring. The lights are off. The other guy has night vision goggles. And you, you don't know where he's coming. You don't know what's coming next. You have no power. So many of us feel like that. Like I'm stuck on this level. I have no power. And then all of a sudden, my davening, I don't even enjoy it. I don't even look forward to it. I'm not gaining from it. What now? Learn. Tyra. I, I try, I, I can't. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, you're in darkness. When you're in darkness, it's like putty. It's like silly putty. We're silly. We, we become silly putty. We become silly. Shaita. So we're not just putty, we're silly putty. Because we have no self-control and we can't win. And he's going to teach us how we can. And it's not just each individual battle fighting better, because you can't. Secret to life. Sadas is enlightenment of the mind. Bihira Sadas is clarity of your mind. Mayor Loi it lights up your brain, your spirit, like the, the, the sun lights up the, like the day lights up the night. And then, and then, like Chazal say, just like we said before, right? When it's nighttime, all of the wild beasts come out. Since it became day, you get saved from everything. You see where you're going. You're able to see the future a few steps ahead, a few feet ahead. You know what pitfalls to avoid. How many of us say, I'm not going to do this again, and then we do it again? And there was a time where we, we could have stopped it, prevented it, but we did it again. I'm not, I'm not just talking about addicts, where, where it's true for addicts as well. But even in regular stuff, people who are on diets understand this, right? No, I'm not going to eat that chocolate cookie. Eat it again. There was a moment where if you had more energy, where you, you didn't have to, you could have turned away. Maybe you wouldn't be able to battle once it's in your face, but you, you, you were able to beforehand, right? Avoid it. When it's dark, you can't even avoid the fight. You can't even avoid getting kicked in the face. But, if the light gets turned on, it's safe for everything. This is true. This is a fact. And we have to learn how to do it, which is what we're going to do. Because of a raivet b'sifrei bal hanefesh. The raivet writes in a sefer called Balei hanefesh, in Shara Kedusha. The first step out of all of the first steps. This is the beginning. A person should know. Again, knowledge. Where's knowledge? In the brain. Remember, we did this last time. Go back to the first chapter. Knowledge doesn't mean how much math you know, how much history you know, or any other kind of knowledge about anything else. Knowledge we refer to as das is Somebody, the amount that he's makir, the boyre. That a person should know his maker, and he should be makir and recognize the one who created him. And although, and although he is nelam, he, he, he's not here. We can't see him. 
even though he's invisible to all living eyes, from the eyes of all living people, we can't see Hashem. But you should know something. He is found in our hearts and he is revealed in our thoughts. And now, Ben Adam, human being, in your ears you should hear. And open your eyes. And see the tmuna, the picture, the, in, the vision, there's a better word for it of your Creator that is standing across from you. A person who can get the right kind of eyes, you see everything. It's like, A person, he covers up his eyes with his hand, and I don't see anything. How many little kids, two-year-old, right? You can't see me. They think that they can't see you, and then you can't see them. Same thing. I don't see anything. There's no God. There's no God. I don't see any God. I don't see any God, and He can't see me. That's it. But if He would only take His hand, physical, physicality, hand, away from His eyes, Yiskalu fun of Hakol. And this person can be really on the top of a mountain and be missing Switzerland. He can be missing the most magnificent things to see in the world with his physical eyes and he'll see nothing because he covered his eyes. His eyes are covered. Pirish Tavarov is going to explain his words. The concerns that we have, the ideas, the issues of Physicality, physical, worldly things, and materialistic things—they are what is covering up our spiritual eyes from seeing the light of God. Because through them, through materialism, even kosher, this is very important to understand. You look at people who lived for Elam Abba, you look at Sadiqim, they didn't, they couldn't. You can't have both. It's a seesaw. I'm not saying we all have to go now and buy 1980 station wagons and, and just eat rice and a cucumber. I'm just saying that's the ultimate. And from them we learn that there's a balance. And yes, we could a little bit shift. And the more we shift, the more art we have in our minds, the less Yitzray Afela, the happier we are, etc., etc. This is growth for our our Olam Hazeh, actually, to enjoy this world better. And our Olam Haba, I just thought of a story. It was a boy who was struggling really bad. And uh, one of the struggles for boys who are struggling is what he was watching on his computer and on his phone. And the big tzaddik that he is, he decided to be miskaber. He got enormous strength because that's what it takes. It's like the strength maybe of Yosef a tzaddik in Mitzrayim being, being relived and he took his phone and his tablet and his laptop and everything that he has access to and he took it to tag to get it filtered. And he told me, actually, he said, you know, the filters are so good, besides for the bad stuff, even some of the good stuff, like if he's shopping on, on, on Amazon for, for some clothing, it'll, it'll take out the face. He goes, I lose a lot of middle stuff that wasn't even bad. But I'm black. I, I took the, the best filter, and, I, and he's paying money for it. 
So I told him, I said, wow, I cannot imagine what an Olam Haba you are going to have. I mean, if I was his age, even now at my age, at any age, right? But at his age, to turn your back on that, the strength, the inner strength, the schar that he's going to get for that, I was like, I was like, I cannot imagine your Olam Haba that you're going to get for that. And he turns to me and he says, I didn't do it just for Olam Haba. I have now, now I have Olam Hazeh. The life that I was living wasn't a life. Chayim ke'elu enam chayim. Azal life, that kind of, it was destroying me, it was destroying my self-esteem. It was, like I told you before, the Yetzirah, to get rid of your Olam Haba, he'll kill you. He killed, he told me there were times I didn't want to live. I felt like garbage. I felt worthless. He said, of course, I, I know that there is an Olam Haba and, and, and one day I'll get repaid. It's very hard for them, for us, for them to think about that, you know. Far away he goes, but I got to tell you, since I did it, I'm so much happier. What an Olam Hazeh. We're doing this for Olam Hazeh. We're doing this because we can live a better life. Like the tzaddikim, we're always happier, always smilier. When was the last time you heard about a, a, a tzaddik or a shashiva, somebody commits suicide? That's a little extreme of an example. But the point is, it's for us now. Because Al-Yadam Ishiyusoy Mitzlamstamas, our Ishiyusoy, our spiritual grasp and our human, everything about us, we, we, we get drowned, and we become small-minded. And the proof is that if somebody showed a video of us in that moment to people that we respect, we would have nothing to say. We, we feel stupid. We know it's true. We know that what he's telling us is true. But if we shake away from all of that, it's unbelievable. We shake out of their grasp. Can you imagine? Listen to what he says. You know what opens up in front of us? The door to light. To see the light of Hashem. Oh yeah, I wish, I wish. Give us an hour. Give us a, a moment, a day that we could feel this. To see the light of Hashem. And vast and sublime horizons are revealed before us. And they were always there. But we covered our eyes with schmutz. We covered our eyes with materialistic, temporary pursuits and pleasures and lusts and desires, like a person like the Balshemtiv's Mashal, who puts his hand, his physical hand, in front of his physical eyes, and he's missing out on all of this. We take our physicality and we put it in front of our spiritual eyes, and we can't see anything. We're missing out on all of this for what? We say throughout Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we did all these Averis, we didn't, what are, what are we crazy? What are we mentally, what, what's going on? Rush, dos. For what? For where? Look what we're giving up on. For what? All of this becomes revealed to us. And again, it's so unfair in a way because like, we don't know, we, we don't even know what we're missing. We get a glimpse of it once in a while. But now he's explaining to us what it would be like. 
when it comes to comprehending the greatness of God. And also in the feeling of light from the Kedusha Satayr, from the holiness of Taira and Mitzvahs, with an eternal, infinite extent that is endless. And we say, I don't feel Taira, I don't feel Shabbos, I don't feel Mitzvahs. Right. Right. That's exactly it. And we can. And he's going to teach us how to do it. This is one of my favorite examples of the Nesiva Shalom. You have a person. person is inside his room. So right now you're sitting in a room, right? I, I'm assuming, unless you're outside watching. In this room right here, how far can I see? Do you know that my eyes can see the sun, which is, I believe, the moon, the sun, Google it, 93 million miles away. So Hashem gave me this little thing here that can see something. It doesn't run out. It's not like after 90, after 90 million miles you don't see. Because I could see that, even though it's super big. But it's 93 million miles away. So I have the ability of seeing something 93 million miles away. Right now I'm in a room. How far can I see till that wall? 20 feet, 10 feet, 30 feet, 80 feet. 200 feet, 5 feet. If you're in a bathroom, 3 feet. So somebody's in a house called Khumri Yasai. The whole extent, range of vision that he has is Mitsumtsum Besai Kisle Besai. It's limited according to the walls that are around him. But the more that you go up, imagine you go outside. And you start walking up a hill or driving up a hill. You go higher. How about a hot air balloon? That's my muscle. You go in a hot air balloon. The higher that you go, and you start to rise above the, the ground. Things start to become into perspective. First, I was just in a 10 by 10 room. That was my life. That's my vision, the extent of my vision. Then I went up and I see a 50 by 50. Then I see a 200 by 200 a house. Then I see a block. My vision, the higher I go, the more vision there is. I still see the house, but it's not that important. It's not everything. It becomes 90%, 80%, 70 60 50 40 30 The higher I go, the more I see a perspective. There's much more to life than just that house. And then all of a sudden there's clouds, and all of a sudden there's a sun, and all of a sudden there's things that are miles away that we could see. And all of a sudden there's more to life than just that little room and what was happening in that little room. What a beautiful example. Spiritually, when our minds are constricted, as There's nothing in this space of mine. It's me against my Yetzirah. It's me against my desire, my will, my lusts. That's it. I'll give you an example. A drug addict. It's an extreme example, but again, like I said, all these examples you can water down and they affect us. But a drug addict who is missing his fix and he needs it and he doesn't have it, there is nothing in this world. He is totally blind. It doesn't matter what's happening around him. He's blind to it. He doesn't notice it. doesn't remember it. Nothing. He needs his fix. 
All he sees is him and his drug. One of the interesting things I learned in Home Sweet Home, I opened up Home Sweet Home 2002, 20 years ago, 2003. And uh, I lived with these guys who were homeless and on drugs. And uh, one of them said to me, he goes, you know how hard it is for me? Besides going clean off drugs, it's hard enough, but all around, I walk outside, I see needles, drug stuff. It makes it so hard for me. And I was like looking at my friends, the you know us volunteers, we were like 30 years old, and we're like, I never noticed it. I never, I never saw any needles lying around the floor on uh, where, where, where the house was. So much that we don't notice, so much that they notice because that's their focus of their lives when they're addicted. <coughs> the drug addict can't see any beauty, can't see any purpose, can't see anything. He's mitzumtzum. He's in a, a two-by-two in his brain. He can be very smart, by the way. He can have a lot of milus. can be very kind. But right now, he's so limited that it doesn't matter what's going on around him. Aren't we like that spiritually? When our mind is constricted and restricted, it's just us against the taiva, us against the taiva, us against the yetzahara, us against the yetzahara. But if we would only merit this thing that we've been talking about for the last two shiurim of enlightenment of the mind, and the reason that we need to talk about it is because it's going to tell us how to get it. But first he has to tell us why we should invest, what, what we're going to get. Right, Like somebody goes ahead and he tells you, I want you to invest in a business. Before I tell you all the details of how to do it, I want to tell you what you're going to get. You're able to retire. You're able to buy a boat. You're going to be able to, right? He wants to teach us, give us a little taste of what life is like in the dark, which unfortunately we could probably teach him about. And what life is like in the light. The same person, the same, the same strength of fighting the Yitzhahara. But everything's different because he has light in his mind. See, the fighting of the Yitzhahara is not in the muscle. It's not in the fight, in that part of your brain, not to do it. It's, in about, it, it's all about the light switch on the wall. You have intruders. God forbid. They break into your house. There's three guys. You go downstairs because your wife, your wife sends you. And you take the baseball bat, Right? And it's you against three guys. Or you could even be a black belt. If the lights are off, you're going to lose. It's about, if you could turn the light on. That's why, what is the first thing that happens in a war between countries? When there's rockets flying. If they're successful at knocking out the Con Ed, or whatever they call it, the, the grid of electricity... And the, the, the place, the enemy territory is in the dark, they're going to win the war. It's all about light. If I can't see you coming, I can't, I can't defend myself. If I'm in the dark, I can't, I can't. But if you have light in your mind, light in our mind, it could be revealed to the same person who said, there's darkness in the world, there's no God, it doesn't exist, and there's no reason to live, all this stuff. It's because it's dark, very dark. Light it up, and it could be revealed before us, a world, it's all light. And then Shuv, like we said before, 
And then all those things that I was so wrapped up in just a week ago, hopefully, or a year ago, or a decade ago, right? All those things. And like I said before, because we see from what they call the flip-outs or whatever they're called, you see people grow up a certain way and then they go to Eretz Yisrael and they, they have light and they're happier. They are, they're happier. And automatically, they don't have to buy the, the shirt with the... They don't need it. It's like, yeah, I need a comfortable shoe, but I don't need it. I'm not paying extra for that because someone wants me to advertise their name on my on my clothing. They're not paying me to advertise them. I don't work for them. And I don't need to show that I'm wearing. I just need a shoe that's comfortable. All it, things change automatically because they become less important. The holy Meshire says, Bekeser Malchus, Ata Oir Oilom. You are the light of the world. And the eyes of any pure soul can see you. A pure soul. The pure soul. He doesn't have these blinders. He doesn't have anything stopping him, preventing him. There are no walls that are obscuring and blocking his vision of a world that is lit up with godliness. He sees God everywhere. He merits enlightenment of the mind. One guy says, I don't see God anywhere. And the other one says, I see God everywhere. When you have an Aras Hadas, you see the Creator, Bechal Habriya, in the entire creation, everywhere. The heavens declare the glory of Hashem. Umasa Yodam Magadar Ikea. Creations show his handiwork. Hashem Hashayarech Utsvar Shemayim Lchomishtachavim. The sun, the moon, all of the stars of the heaven, they all bow before Hashem. Vagama Oretz Vachalashar Aleha and the earth and everything on the earth. Everything that we see. Meharim Vatahaymais. From the mountains to the valleys, to the depths of the ocean. Everything that that person sees. Mehakoil. Nishkaf haboire. From everything, all, all, all he sees is, I mean, isn't it obvious? Look at these trees, look at these valleys. Think about all of these beautiful stories we've heard of certain tzaddikim especially. They went to the Alps and they saw this, and they saw God. So who made this? Hashem made this. Rabbi Vigda Miller, was famous for that. He would talk about an apple seed. He would talk about the fruit trees. He would talk about, the, look at the world. All he saw was God. The other person sees the same thing. Could be touring even more places. Don't see him. Don't see him. What's the difference between the two of them? They both have physical eyes, but one of them spiritually is in darkness, doesn't see Hashem. And the other one, who sees who sees he's not blind, he's not chash of kames, he's not dead, he's alive and he's vibrant and he's connected and he sees. So then everything, he sees godliness. Me'akol, from everything. Nishkaf ha'bayri. Ha'machayu ma'havas kulam. That is making everything live and sustaining everything. What else is sustaining all of this and creating all of this? It's not an autopilot. The Big Bang. This person sees and understands that Hashem is creating and Hashem is sustaining. And everything that he sees and all of these things from the stars to the moon to the valleys, to the, right? They're all exclaiming. They're all saying and, 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 and 
and testifying. Hashem echad echad. Hashem is one. His name is one. And the more that he sees when your eyes are, when, when you have vision, proves that there's a God. With his eyes he sees godliness. And in his ears they hear, and in his heart feels, as Koyla Hashem, the, the voice of God, a kaire a love mikal habria that is calling out to him from everything in the creation and everything that happens, he hears Hashem calling and speaking to him. And all of his bones and his entire being is exclaiming, Hashem, Hashem, who is like you. What a life. And that's what it says. The Medrash says in Shaykh HaToyv, Whenever the Eden saw Hashem, saw Hashem means in here, in their mind, they spiritually saw Hashem, they became devout. When they saw by Kriyasyamsa, they saw the hand of Hashem. They saw, that's, that, again, there's nothing to see. <laughs> Not physical seeing. They saw in their mind, they saw the Yad Hashem openly. So they became chasidim, they became devout for Omu Shira to a point of saying Shira that there's a beautiful shtikl Nesiva Shalom on that, that Shira is the highest level. Praise, Shira is when it emanates from within you a praise to God because you, so, you see it and you so appreciate Him. It's a love letter, a song of praise to something that you love so, it, it comes from that. Just like when a person is so happy, he automatically dances, springs, he, he jumps from happiness, not a drunk guy, but from real emistic happiness, things happen. When you see Hashem on such a level, the highest level above praising Hashem and above talking to Hashem and above all of that is singing to Hashem. Shira is the highest level. That's why angels, what do they do? They sing, they have Shira. Rob Sinai by Harsinai, we saw Nasi Yisharim, we became Yisharim which is also a, a lashon of the highest level, Ra'u ba'ayl ma'id, and in the ayl ma'id we saw Manasseh Tzadikim. Seeing God, meaning in my world, aside from everything that I see, which means that I care about, that I focus on, there's a God part in there, brings out all of these things. So in the first two prakrim, he, he kind of sold us on a beautiful idea that the reason we're struggling so much, of course, we have to fight the Yitzhahara and we have to try to do mitzvahs. But that's on this level of darkness. But we could also, you know, dim the lights up. And if we raise the light in our mind to be more connected to Hashem, then automatically those battles are not going to be the same level of battle anymore. And therefore, this is why... This is why Hashem went ahead and He gave us, He gave us luminaries. He gave us power plants to draw light from. He didn't leave us stranded. He's like, if I'm going to put you down on earth and you have to like find me, it's never going to happen. We need help. So He gave us things not to make our lives more difficult and complicated and bog us down. 
He gave us luminaries. He gave us power plants. He gave us, like I have over here, I don't know if you can see it. See that huge spotlight. To create light so that we'll have light, spiritual light in our minds, and the seesaw will, will, will tilt, right? We have to tap into it, though. Now, what are these things, right? He gave us Tyre Mitzvahs, Vinyanim Suguyim, and certain special things that are meritorious. They're going to bring us Sgula, Miyuchadim specifically, and we're going to learn what they are. That shine from their light in order to enlighten the mind and heart of every Jew. Number one. The Torah is not a textbook. The Torah is not a dry manual. The Torah is not a subject. The Holy Torah has in it the ability to shine light on those that learn it. A mitzvah is like a candle that gives light, limited light, like a flashlight. Torah is like ur. But someone who's connected to Torah is like Kivin Sheheir Hayoim Nitzumikulam Tizrach Hashem Seifun. It means the sun comes out. One is a flashlight in a dark room, which is very helpful compared to being in a dark room, and the other one is turning on the lights. A mind who's connected to Torah, which he's going to talk about, is a mind that has light in it. What happens when you have light enlightened in your mind? All the good stuff. What happens when you don't tap into the lights that Hashem gives you? All the bad stuff. The seesaw. So of course we have more sin. Of course we're more miserable. Of course we have more losses. And this way we have more victories with less, less fighting. Because there's clarity. So it's easier to win. So we're investing our energy to tapping into the luminaries instead of having the energy of fighting every single fight. And you're still going to fight because the higher culture... Gadol, Yitzhar Gadol, it's not so simple. But, it's a different type of fight, because you have clarity. It says, Can Chazal teach us, what is it, an example of, like we said before, somebody's going, it's dark, and he falls into pits, and thorns, and all of the, uh, the people waiting to mug you, they're going to attack you. This is very important to understand. It's not a subject. Of course, we get, we get scared to learn it. But it's so much more. The Torah is a mitzius of art. It is a reality. It's an entity of light. And it lights up the darkness that are in the soul of a Yid. Because the merit, the school of the Torah is, The idea of what the Torah can do to us is if we fill our minds with Torah, and again, we're not going to become black belts overnight, but every drop on the seesaw that we spoke about brings more light into our mind. He gives us, therefore, more clarity, more focus. Come, have a seat. Clarity of the mind. And therefore, like we spoke before, that when we are 
in darkness, it's us against every aver. It's us against the lust, us against the desire. We have no vision. We're very limited. There's walls all around us. It starts to expand our vision. And that's the beginning of Das Torah. What does it mean, Das Torah? Someone who has Das Torah, he's seeing a different world than we're seeing. He's not stuck. He's not limited. He's seeing like we spoke before about the hot air balloon. He sees the idea, but he also sees the things around it, and he also sees the ramifications. He's living in a whole different planet. And also, it's interesting that when the Torah takes over the mind, even it could surpass the mind of the human being. There are many stories of it. One that I just heard recently of Reb Chaim Kanievsky's Zatzal, where he said something to somebody, and the person listened to it, and he thought it, uh, thought about it, and he said, so do you mean to say this and this? And Reb Chaim said, thought about it, and he said, Ulai, maybe. He said, as I said it, he explained, as I said these words, I started to think what made me say that, and I started to think, yeah, prob- maybe that's really what I, that's probably why I said it. And that's why tzaddikim, when you ask them questions and they're on the level of Das Torah, they're not answering you based on their knowledge of business or health. or the, the, the Torah is in their brain. They're connected to a different realm. says, We know that when Hashem created the world, He created it with a spiritual light. He saw that the world cannot exist with this light. Why? Because if everything that we've been learning for the last two chapters would be a reality, and everybody would have 100% of Arasadas, there would be no reality of materialism in the world, no desires. Yitzhahara would not be able to convince us to sin ever, because we all know that it's really not a smart thing to do. And there would be no world. There would be no Project Earth. So he hid this light. So where did he hide it? Heichen Gonzu. It says it was hidden in the Torah. On those who learn in the Torah, it's interesting that it says there were 36 hours that this light existed and it was put into the 36 volumes of Shas. And in the Shas is being connected to that light. We all know of the famous Chayzim Lublin, the famous Tzadik, the Chayzim. And why was he called the Chayzim? Because he was able to see from one side of the world to the other side of the world. And many stories of his Ruach HaKadosh and all of that. And we have many stories in our Dar of Ruach HaKadosh, of so many, so many stories. Where does it come from? This person sitting, all he has is a Gemara and a Shender, and he's sitting in wherever, and he's sitting and he's doing this, and then you could ask him questions and he could say, this person is going to live, this person is going to die. I have personal stories with Sadiqim, unbelievable. Just, just to open up our minds. There was a family that they had a fire, on a Friday night, the father went to learn in Kyle. It's hard to understand. He was spared. But when he got back, his wife and his many children were all taken to the hospital. There was a fire. And it looked like they were all going to die. The Hatzalah member said that when the fireman took the baby and put it in his arms, he said it was like a dead piece of wood. The two-year-old was... was I mean, they, they were all in comas, and it was very, very bad. He called a certain tzaddik, and the tzaddik gave a bracha refuah shalema for every single one in the family, except for one. And this chassid understood what that meant, and he started crying and begging, and, and the rebbe said, Ich kenisht, I can't, I can't. And the next day she died, I was at the Leviah. And I saw, with my own eyes, I was in the hospital with the two-year-old who started to recover but was blind. 
I saw now, 15, 20 years later, they're all healthy. Fully, fully healthy. How does somebody know who's going to live, who's going to die? I had a friend of mine that he went to a Rebbe in, in, in uh, and, and Litvaks can do this also, but the Rebbe, uh, I guess, we spread it better. You know, see them have more of a spreading it power. They look at all these, all these stories. Where, where does it come from? He went in with a kvittel to, to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, you're missing a name. He said, Rebbe, I, I have five children. It's not like I have 12. You know, maybe I'm missing one. And the Rebbe said, you're missing a name. When he left, he called his wife, and his wife said, I just found out I'm pregnant. And there's so many stories like that. It's feltnish kind, kind of stories. We're not missing stories of tzaddikim. Where does it come from? It can't come from, I mean, where? What? what? He's just learning. But the Das Taira, which is a connection to a different world, that the nation was going in the darkness, but our God, they saw a great light. And this is referring to the light that was created in the first day of the world. And I'm going to say it again. And you already know by now what I'm going to say. Don't get turned off and say, well, that's never going to be me. First of all, you never know. But second of all, maybe you're right. This is teaching us how to tap into light and to work on it more and more and more. And that's something we need to focus on. That when we learn and we connect to Torah, it is a source of light. Number two, B'chein Shabbos Kaidish. And I highly encourage everybody to learn Nesiv Shalom Chelek Beis, the first part is on Shabbos. I, I, at one point, I was to have a chavusa every Arab Shabbos for an hour to learn that, to go into Shabbos. To understand that Shabbos Kodesh sounds like a lot of rules, totally missing the point. Most people, it's very sad, even from people, really have no idea what Shabbos is. In fact, I have to, I have to give a, a, a little bit of a, what's it called? Self-promotion? That's why I spent years and years writing a book based on a Siva Shalom called CPR, resuscitation of the soul, which is what Shabbos is. It resuscitates our soul. And it's, I did it, I made it for teenagers, but it's for everybody. And it's a shame that people can live their whole life and not even know what Shabbos is. Could you believe that some people think that the reason why Hashem made Shabbos is as follows. You finish the word, world, He worked hard Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Nothing's been created since. All the pieces of the puzzle are there, and he's like, what's it missing? Well, we're going to have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know what's missing? These Jewish people, when are they going to sleep? I want to create a day, an extra day. I'm going to insert it every seven days so they can sleep as much as possible because I'm so concerned about their sleep intake. When are they going to eat? When are they going to eat more food in one meal than they do a whole week? How are they all going to be overweight? How are they all going to have the highest cholesterol? How are they going to have a time to, to, um, to drink more than they should, to have like, not one type of herring like in the olden days, but today how many types of herring are there, ladies? A dozen. In Crown Heights, maybe there's a dozen. Go to the Hungarians, there's two dozen. Polish only love. Schmaltz and Machis, that's it. Right, in, in Queens. In the Stiebel, that's it. But you go, pepper crust. and then, So Hashem was like very concerned over our materialistic world that he decided to add a day so we can not have to work because he was worried about us overworking. Jews don't usually overwork. Right? That's what we have Gaim for. 
We hire them to overwork. Like that, that's why Hashem created a world. And he said, by the way, even though you're living um, with an extra day every week, an extra 52 days, I will give you the same amount of money at the end of the year as if, you know, don't worry about it. And he said, whatever money you spend on that day, I'm going to pay you back for it. Because he wanted us to have a day to sleep as much as possible, to overindulge in Gashmias as much as possible, there are people who really think that. That that's why Hashem created a day of rest. He rested, so we rest. I mean, it's so fundamentally shallow. Hashem needed to rest. He was like, whew, what a week I had. You know, here for a billion years, I did absolutely nothing, and now six days in a row... And I, I'm wiped. I don't know. I need a day. Of, I need a day of rest. I need to rest. You know. So now, since he rested, so if he had to rest, so for sure we need to rest, and that's why we rest. Nebuch that there are from people who believe that. So learn to see v'shalom chelik beis. And if you don't, if you can't go to the original, I think it's like twenty two dollars or twenty five dollars, and you get a full money back guarantee if you read it with you, yourself, your family, your kids, and you don't like it, bring it back to me. Used, I will buy it for you full price. For $25, it's a good deal. CPR. Okay? And transform your understanding from the third grade level of what Shabbos is and why Hashem created it to an adult mature understanding and bake it into your kids. Shabbos is makrine or makrina biyuhudi as a ars hadas. Shabbos was created because as we go through the work, the work days of the work week, our minds, our spiritual minds become darker and darker and darker and darker. That's the fact of life because we're busy. Busy doing the things that we need to do during the week. So Hashem gave us a day full of light. He said, you don't have to do any of those things that you have to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You don't have to do them. So that way, you can tap into the light. You can get your suntan. It's one day to go to the beach and get a suntan. That's what I'm giving it to you for. I want you to be able to retain your color. Hashem wants us to have Ur in our minds, and if we would take out Shabbos out of a few of the weeks in a row, then within three, four, five weeks maximum, we would not recognize ourselves or see Hashem at all. We would be out. Hashem is meant to bring us back. I'm not going to give a whole shear now on Shabbos, but i got to say my favorite example that Hashem put into my head. I once went swimming in an ocean, and I don't really swim. I was just like doing, what's that called? Hmm? Dog paddle, paddle, just treading treading water. Just like just try not to drown, you know, kind of thing. In the shallow water. Pretty much in the shallow. It's up to here, and I'm just like hanging out. After a half an hour, I got out of the water, I went on the beach. You know the muscle? I went on the beach, and the craziest thing happened. All my stuff was gone. My my towel was gone. My sneakers was gone. It's unbelievable. But then what was nuts, I looked up, my hotel was gone. I mean, somebody went ahead in just a half an hour, stole my clothing and a hotel. It was unbelievable. I looked up, it's gone. Finally, I looked all the way down, and like a half a mile away was the hotel. Why? Because there's something called an undercurrent. You don't even have to. See, you don't even see it. You don't notice it. And if you don't fight against the undercurrent, you will float. You get slept. In the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there is an undercurrent that pulls us away. So the next time I went in the ocean, I got smarter. Every five minutes, I looked up, I saw my hotel is there, and I went back. I kept on readjusting. That's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is to go back to the purity 
that we had and the clarity of Ha'aras Hadas and to take away from the confusion that makes us float away from our tachlis, our tafkid, why we're here in this world, what our purpose is. And it puts light into our life. Like the Pesach says, So before we learned the first chapter, we wouldn't know what that means. To know that I am Hashem, to know, but now we know, we learned the first time, what does das mean? I'm not going to tell you, because you have to learn the first chapter, and you know what das is. Das is akaras habayre. Lo das, I gave this to you so you should have akaras habayre. So you should know, because if I didn't give you Shabbos, after six days, or twelve, or after a few weeks, it won't take very long, you will have no knowledge that I am Hashem at all, making you holy, that everything will be out the window. Hainu. Shabbos Kodesh gives enlightenment of the mind to Klal Yisrael. That's the purpose of it. And of course, again, that's why the Yitzhahara, who does not want that, wants to distract us. So he'll do anything possible. He'll call it a Kiddush Abbat. He'll do whatever it is, which could be used to bring you more Ha'aras Adas, or it could be used to pull us away from accomplishing it. If we leave Shabbos with the same level of Ha'aras hadas, as we went into Shabbos, then we wasted the whole opportunity that we were given of that 25 hours. Hainu Shabbos Kodesh is a time of Ha'aras hadas, enlightenment of mind, for Klal Yisrael, like we say, like in Teres Avis, who brings down the Maimur of the Zaira Kodesh that we say, and a lot of people like to sing this, it became a big Chazanesh. You want to do it? Shabbos. The secret of Shabbos is Shabbos. What does it mean? The secret of Shabbos is Shabbos. Raz Bigamatriar. What is the secret of Shabbos? It's light. It's the light of the Shabbos. Now you can go through a picture book and it could show you a guy going to shul. No, it'll start off a guy going to the mikvah. Hopefully he won't show a picture in the mikvah, but the guy's going to the mikvah. Then a guy comes out. And then all the preparation, the white tablecloth. It'll show you all of the external stuff. If that's what you get out of it, you're missing the point. Because the secret of Shabbos is the connection to Hashem, the light that goes into our minds. The light that comes through Shabbos, through these things that we have to do, that is the Iker main secret of Shabbos. But if you listen to this, very, very important. If you keep Shabbos perfectly, with all the Chumras, and all the extras, you do everything perfectly. But you don't work to feel the aura, the emotional, spiritual light of Shabbos that it's offering you. That is lighting up your neshama. You missed the boat. You missed the main thing. A person can live his whole life or 50, 60, 70 years, he's medactic in every halacha, and he's showing him Shabbos, but he didn't get out of it what you need to get out of it, which only comes through doing that. You can't go against the will of Hashem and not be machmer, not be medactic, and not follow Shabbos, and get the R. But to do everything and not get the R, you're missing the point of it all. Bahainu, she'ikir ha'brocho shel Shabbos kodesh hu ha'ayra v'hasimcho. The main bracha, ki mekar ha-bracha, is the light and the joy of Shabbos. Now, we already did number one. Number two, we're going to do number three, then we're going to wrap it up. Oid megar me akronis ayr b'nefesh ruach neshama shel Yehudi. Another 
amazing focus. I don't know if there's like a better word, a spotlight, a luminary, a something that just like sheds light, pushes light into a certain area, right? Into our soul is the Indian of Eretz Yisrael. Kemurumaz b'chazal, avir Eretz Yisrael machim. They're trying to show us that the, the atmosphere of Eretz Yisrael is machim makes us smarter. It does not mean we're better at math. It means that we're smarter. And like it says in Rabbi Yehuda Levi in his, in his songs, The air of your land is the sustenance of our souls. It is there that I choose to open my soul. It is there that I choose in Eretz Yisrael to open my soul in the place where the divine spirit is poured upon your chosen ones. And it says in the Khuzri, on the question it says, you know, we don't really hear about people living in Eretz Yisrael, that they're so much better off than the rest of the world. Right? How could it be that what you're saying is true? The Khuzri already asked this question. We don't really see it. So he says, it's like a har, it's like a mountain, and there are certain places where the wines are so expensive. Why? Because it, these vineyards are unbelievable. However, as much as this vineyard is so amazing that it can produce the most expensive wine in the world, if you don't do the work, right? If they didn't plant the grape seeds, and doing the work, that is fitting in order to do this work, you would not get those grapes, that wine. We have a place. We have a place that if we do the work, right, that that place will be more matzliach. But you can't have this skula, this extra help. But you can't get this without this place. Just like you can't get it. Just like you can't get these fine, fine, uh, wines without that special vineyard, but you also can't get the special, even with the vineyard, with the special, if you don't do the work, same thing with Eretz Yisrael. Medrash says, If you want to find the Shechina on earth, go learn Tarin Eretz Yisrael. So interesting, Tarin Avis, you know Tarin Avis, right? There's two in Yoni and Hagam in Hashemayim. There's two ways that Hashem deals with us. There's one Hanhaga Alpi Seidu's man. There's one Hanhaga that it's already set up by Rosh Hashanah. But there's another one. There's an above that. There's Hanhaga Elois. Lemalam we call Seidu's man. Ve'enetachas Hashpas Malachim. It has nothing to do with the rest of the way that the world is running, and it's not under the angels that are set up and get their instruction on Rosh Hashanah on how to deal with everything. Hashem deals with it alone. And that is dependent on Eretz HaKadosh. This is the land that Hashem Dairish Isa. He wants it. He looks for it. He looks after it. Tamid eni Hashem alikecha ba. Tamid. So Eretz Yisrael also has this same type of thing. What do we do? 
ממשיכים בבחינס הנהוג הזויס על ידי זה שמקיימים ויספלו אליך דרך ארצם. Until we're zeichet to be there, we can be mekayim to plug into that by davening towards that means that we think about it and we try to connect to that. And that's why mishum kachayilu rabbi seinu akdoshim zikah mufla el eretz akodesh by mishdekim tamid lalis leeretz akodesh. There was always a tremendous desire of the tzaddikim. Many stories are brought down. Many lives were lost of tzaddikim who tried to get to Eretz Yisrael. And there are many stories of certain tzaddikim that, that, that says Mashiach would have come had they gotten to Eretz Yisrael and there were different things that blocked them. That is also a source of light. We see it maybe on a, like everything else. We don't see things 100%. Not on Torah, and not by plugging into Shabbos, and not by Eretz Yisrael. But we do see with the right mindset how when we are in Eretz HaKadosh that we can have an aliyah and a clarity that, that we can't get here in our, in the rest of the Golas. The Kaimu Chazal, Kaimu Mamar Chazal, and those who can't get there are Makayim Mamar Chazal, let's say, Lutzion Yomer. As far as Tzion, Israel, Eretz Yisrael, it says, Echad Anoilidba, Sai one that is born there, means he's dwelling there, the Echad Amatapal Raisa, and the one who is yearning to see it, Valideizam Shichu Al Atzmaya Ariskavais. And through that, a person can be Mamshech, tremendous light. So there were four Ma'ere Ar that he gave us in the third chapter to give us all of those things that we spoke about in the first chapter and in Aleph and Beis of this chapter. And that is tapping into the spiritual light that Hashem put into Torah, Mitzvahs, Shabbos Kodesh, and Eretz Yisrael.